0: Hi, listeners. Welcome back to the Property Management Show podcast. Today, Marie and I will be interviewing Barrett and Melissa from Scale. They will be
1: talking to us about leaky sales funnels, and they will share um, how to identify symptoms of a leaky sales funnel and give us some insights on what you can do to plug those holes so that your business can grow, scale,
0: and profit more. If that sounds like it piques your interest, stick around. This will be a great listen. This
1: podcast episode is sponsored by PM Grow Summit 2020. It's the fourth annual conference for growth minded property management entrepreneurs. Save $250 if you register by October 25, 2019. So go
0: to pmgrowsummit.com today. So we have Barrett and Melissa with RentScale here. Hey, guys. Thank Hi. you for joining us. We're so excited to have you. Um, before we kick off the topic, um, bottlenecks to profitability, profitability, leaky sales funnel, can you guys just tell us a little bit about um, who you guys are and your your experience in the property management industry and just sales in general? Um, just a little tidbit.
2: Yeah, perfect. So my name is Melissa. And I work as a scale consultant for RentScale, as does Barrett. We both do the same sort of job. Uh, my past experience I have seven years of sales experience working in all different types of industries. So, passionate about sales and the processes. And so, yeah, working with RentScale, I meet with property management companies across the country and kind of consult with them on their sales processes.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I'm Barrett and I um I also do the same thing. I talk with property management owners all over the country about how to inc- optimize their sales process. And um and in the past I have like a sales passion, so I've been a sales trainer in different industries, run different franchises and love property management because of that recurring income stream. I think that's one of the coolest things about it.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, it's always nice to talk to people that not that we haven't, but people that are passionate about what they're talking about. I feel like fortunately for us, we have been very um, privileged to talk to a lot of people that are super passionate about what they're doing. So we're really excited to hear your guys' thoughts on bottlenecks to profit- profitability. I don't I keep saying profitability. I can say it how I want, but the leaky sales funnel. So What? <laughs> Profit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> pro- profitability. Yeah,
0: um, profitability. We're gonna we're gonna switch it up. Um, that's how we're gonna say it from now on. Um, but so I guess we're, we're kind of ready to dive in. We want to hear a little bit about your opinions on what is like what is a leaky sales funnel. What does that even mean?
3: Totally. So when there are, so what we all know kind of what a sales funnel is. So when there are people essentially dropping off and not becoming customers, when you have a nice crop of leads at the top of your tunnel, funnel, not your top of your your funnel, and you have a nice crop of leads coming in, and then you realize your conversion rate is a lot smaller than, than you expected. You're kind of like, whoops where are they going there's got to be some leaks there they've got to be slipping out and where are those cracks
2: yeah absolutely it's almost like this visual of like a bucket and everything would like be super great if it stayed in there and stayed throughout that funnel but there's these holes in the bucket and for some reason they're coming out at all different angles so really like there's issues why that lead is going through that hole so that's kind of what you can visualize when you think of a leaky funnel
1: Nice. And so um, to connect it to, let's say, the, the bottom line, right, of a property management business, what does that mean for the existence of a leaky sales funnel and how it relates to the business?
3: a lot of manager uh, managers owners broker owners are paying for leads every month and they're putting a budget towards leads and they're looking at how much money they spent per month on leads and really how many signed contracts they got from those numbers of leads and so when when we look at the leaky funnel we're kind of looking at the sales process itself there are many it's not just like they they come through your website and then all of a sudden they become a customer or they don't right there's stages to that sales process And we're looking at where are the holes or the leaks as they move down the pipeline. Maybe it's a call and then a consultation and then a signed agreement. And where are they sticking with you the whole time? When they're not, they're leaking
0: out. Well, and it probably goes, um, this might go without saying, I don't know. But I feel like a lot of property managers don't always look at the sales funnel. They just look at business that they're closing. So if they feel like they're closing a lot of business, they don't they don't know there's a problem and maybe there isn't. but without understanding your sales funnel, that could definitely be lost opportunity.
1: Yeah, and so to to Brittany's point, right? Um, it's very, it's very easy to fall into the trap of just figuring out, well, it feels like I'm closing enough leads, but then not looking at the bigger picture, which is, okay, well, how much money am I spending? How many leads do I actually have coming into my funnel? Is what I'm closing, um, you know, does it make sense? Am I maximizing, you know, the the leads that are coming in? And so what would you say are the common symptoms um, of a leak in the sales funnel? Because if people aren't even looking at the bigger picture, it's hard to really know that there's something to fix. Um, And so based on your guys' experience, what have you seen?
2: Yeah, I think um, the one thing you said too before is like profitability, right? So that's really huge when it comes to owners and they're really looking at kind of the money they're spending and then what's coming in. And if it's good to them, that's good to them. But it does come down to that sales process. And so when you kind of think of different leaks throughout it, some people know and some people don't. And I think some of the ones to almost like look out for that could be like, I need to dial in on this would be your conversion rates would be number one, but then also different like stalls throughout that process, right? So you might be like, all of these people like have said yes to me, or we had a great conversation, but for some reason I can't get them back on the phone. So there's an issue there, that's a leak. But then even when you get to something, say they move on to that onsite consult, like a definitive step in that sales process, why did they come and meet with me and show me their property, and now they're not signing? Was it something I did wrong? Did I not close them properly? So there could be leaks all over, but those are just some of the things to really look at. But when it comes to that, it's really like Barrett said, making sure, first of all, you know what your sales process is. And if you don't, I would advise to kind of think about it and put it in a visual. Like, what are these definitive steps that someone is talking to me about and how are they moving through? First, I would do that. And then second, like, dial in on each of those a little bit. Like, look at the types of conversations you're having or those, you know, questions you're asking. Are you asking good questions? Are you answering the questions properly? Are you speaking to, we always talk about this, your ideal client, right? Because if someone is even coming into your funnel, that's someone you shouldn't be even speaking to. It's someone you don't even want to work with. That's going to affect conversion rates too.
0: I have a quick yeah, question. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Barrett, you first.
3: Oh no! That's when you were saying like we're all uh, p- on piggybacking on exactly what Melissa's saying. We're all about helping companies to grow and scale. And and then when you asked Brittany, what about when they're they don't even know um, that how many came in prior? They just are focusing on how many they're closing. That's natural because that's where your attention goes because those are the ones closing. But when it comes to growing and scaling, you can't grow what you can't measure. So yeah. it's about not looking at the bottom of the funnel, but looking from the very top, like Melissa was describing. And from the time the leads come in, what are those stages that they go through to become a client? And, and that's kind of what you need to measure to find out if your funnel is leaking.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I feel like it's so easy to get excited when you get deals too. You're like, yeah. yay, business is closing. It's not as much fun to look at the leaky, yeah. leaky leads. That are coming
1: through Well, it's also easy to blame it on oh there were bad leads anyway
0: yeah yeah. Uh, that's, yeah that's something we've talked about before bad like bad leads what what is a bad lead is it bad because they you had a super good conversation with them and then you were never able to get them on the phone again um so that's probably something well not probably for sure something you would identify in your sales process and like catching those
3: um so I'll say this and I'm sure Melissa has more to say about this as well. So we, so when a lead, when, what is a bad lead, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of, in terms of what is a good lead, what is a a bad lead? Who, when it, we really talk to companies a lot about positioning and actually making sure that you are, you are setting up a way to walk that lead through the sales funnel in a way that positions your company and attracts the leads that you want. So, you know, property management companies are serving investors who wanna be very hands-off and live somewhere totally different, or they're serving accidental landlords who never planned this. And what you say to that lead and the way you pick up the phone and describe your service or the way you put out phrases on on your website should be positioned to attract the right leads. And so good leads and bad leads, it, de- it depends on where the lead is coming from, but it also, we have found the most successful companies are able to get the leads that they want when they're able to speak the language through their marketing and through that initial phone call that positions their business to serve them. Does that make sense?
0: Totally,
1: totally makes sense. You know, I'm pretty sure Brittany has a lot of stories about this Um, part of our process here at four and half is to help our customers, you know, identify their perfect client or like ideal client, right? And during that conversation, when we're asking them, okay, of all the owners that you've ever worked with, like, which are the ones who would want to keep working with? And the the instinctive answer is, well, anyone who has, like, a property in my city. And it's like, well, let's dig deeper. Let's yeah. peel yeah. the onion. It takes work to peel the onion, but once you get to the core, you realize that it's less stressful once you understand your ideal client, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not just for marketing. As you guys were saying, it also impacts sales. so. it impacts sales.
3: Yeah. Melissa, I'm sure you you have stuff to say. No, it's
2: funny because this whole conversation is about like how to find the leaks. Well, that's like one of the number one leaks that you don't know who your ideal client is. And so we kind of joke about like if there was this property management company out there who only wanted to work with yellow houses that have two stories and one front door and only three windows. Guess what? That company is probably going to be a lot more profitable than someone who is working with yellow houses and red houses and blue houses because it's an ideal client and you're putting out the message. If I was a yellow house, I would most likely call you as opposed to, you know, I'm working with every, every different company. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because at Scale, um, the owners of the company, both Jeremy and Jordan, they don't want us to talk to anyone who isn't in growth mode. So, when we talk about kind of positioning, we, we say that we work with 200 to 2,000 doors who are looking to double their door count in one to three years. And so, if that's appealing to you, we want to talk to you. If it isn't, um, you know, we can tighten up those leaks within ours, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's interesting because to your point, right? So when you say that even you guys only talk to companies who are in growth mode, if I am a property management company owner who only has two doors and I'm not really sure if this is for me, but I just want like some help, I'm not maybe your perfect client because I'm not sure that I want to grow. I'm not sure if I want to do this. So say with the property management company owner, like are you sure you want to work with You know, people who inherited a property. You know, Um, or would you rather focus on a different type of owner? And if you don't really know, then yeah, it's hard to tell if you want to keep taking on these types of you know houses because would they care about maintenance if you know they inherited the property? It's it's two extremes, right? Like they don't care because they just want the money, or they care so much because they grew up there and you know, they, they want to be super controlling about who's sleeping in Nana's bedroom or something. And (laughs) there's nothing wrong about that. It's just, you just know that there are different types of owners out there.
3: Yes. Yeah. And it, what you're saying, it makes, it feels so good when you're working with the clients that you know you're best fit to serve. And what you were saying, it it goes into the marketing to attract the leads and you were saying, and it even goes into the sales process. And we, we absolutely need to wire the entire sales process towards that one personality, that one type of client that we really want to serve. Um, so there's different personalities that that you want to work with. And when you have like a high pumping sales engine, you can actually be, you know, you could curate your portfolio and be kind of choosy about who you pick and take on. And like, just to make it concrete, we have, um, you know, we've worked with some clients and for example, one of, you know, their, their ideal unique selling propositions to attract their client is the no fear property manager. So they're going to be very, very, um, help help the conservative client who is really nervous, right, about all because they have some excellent guarantees and insurance uh, policies that they offer. Whereas another company is the same day property manager. So they deal with the personality that's like, get it done. I want to know the answers. I want it now. And they can they can be there because they have the capacity to be picking up the phone and answering every single question immediately. Yeah. So it's really like you have such a higher chance and you have a guarantee of converting the person that you want to work with when you position your entire process.
0: Well, and not only do you have a higher chance to convert those people into clients, you have a higher chance of keeping them as clients because you're like setting expectations. I, I feel like most of the companies that I work with that know their perfect client and know the people that they want to go after, they just are so much happier because their clients get them. They get why they do things a certain way.
3: That's that's such a good point, Brittany. Then the churn is lower and everybody's happier. Yeah. You're happy the owner's happier that they're keeping the client and the, the customer is happier that yeah. they are just getting the service they want. Yeah. Your property
0: managers are happier because they're not having to explain to someone why they need to repair their toilet yeah because a lot of times whatever the situation is that they don't want to spend money on yeah because
1: right because property managers their job is to manage property but having to defend why you exist to an owner every
0: month is like and that will happen if you don't have your right owner Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) okay so that that's perfect sorry barrett go for it we're like we're all so excited about this
2: yeah (laughs) Say, a lot of problems are solved when you can fix that one leak. Alone. Yeah. yeah, that's
3: just what we've only talked about one leak, And we're so passionate about that. leak.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and it's so funny, too, because when you think about it, uh, we work. Obviously, we're a marketing company. We work with a lot of property managers because that's what we do. Property management marketing. Um, but it's so funny when I talk to new clients and they explain their experiences with, um with just the quality of leads or the clients that they get not um, not being what they expected and them not being what the property management company not being what the property owner expected. But then you look at their website and their marketing and it it, it does kind of, it's very general. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of repeating what we just said already, but it's just like very, it resonates a lot with me in terms of just like conversations I've had with people. Yeah. And
1: there's a reason why it's such a big and common leak because it's, it's kind of simple right it's like oh of course you need to know yeah. who you, who you want to target but because it's so simple it's so easy to assume that like oh i have this gut feel of who it is um but i think the important piece is like to write it down on paper because until you write it down in paper, it stays kind of fuzzy in the back of your head. Or type it on your phone in I'll the notes it. section
0: if you lose paper. I'm, I'm old school. Yeah, so I I'll I'll like writing in a playbook like we do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> type it up. Whatever works for you. But- I'm just making fun of you because you're you're with your paper.
1: I, I like paper. I love trees, okay. but I do recycle paper. Um, and so speaking about leaks, so we hit on like a really big one, Very which big, is one. not knowing your ideal client. Mm-hmm. So what are the other common leaks that you've observed um, that are prevalent in the property management industry?
3: So that specificity of attracting leads, uh, speaking to that ideal client when you're just bringing them in, extends to the phone conversation if you can't there's usually an initial phone call and that and that specificity extends to an on-site consultation and that specificity extends to how do you follow up when they've they didn't get back to you about signing the agreement so there are many more areas for leaks Mm -hmm. um along the along the sales process and it's great when you can attract them and bring in the right people and then it there's a lot there's a lot in writing on whether they convert or not, depending on how you are conducting those next stages of the process.
0: So essentially, yeah, you're, sorry, Melissa, I was just going to say, does that mean, in terms of consistency with the messaging? So you're saying when you present your brand, who you are, why people should work with you. Um, are you saying that during the sales process, you just need to be consistent with that messaging and that's one way that people can fall through? Yeah, not only the,
3: the the messaging, but also how you conduct, uh, speaking to that, speaking to the pain of that particular personality and that particular customer in
1: your language on the call, in your language on the site, et cetera. Right. So you're saying is like, you have to keep reinforcing it. Like you don't have to keep saying like, the same line over and over and over but it's more of like if if every single thing you do throughout the sales process is like um colored by the idea that you're talking to this one type of owner and being consistent with that that's like the key to plugging that uh, those holes am i understanding that right
3: yes the way you overcome an objection from one, one certain type of client is different than the, the objections you'll get from another type of client. Would you, does, would you agree, Melissa?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm also trying to think of it like also very high level. So when we talk about you know the ideal client and that leads and everything Barrett's saying, that all goes hand in hand as you're kind of going through this process, right? But what it really comes down to, I think, is there's so many different types of leaks and it's hard to pinpoint unless you actually have a system, right? So you can have like, I'm, I'm so like visual. I used to, I went to school to be like a teacher. So I'm like using hands and like picture. <laughs> um, I should, should have gotten like some kind of like flip chart here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, like If you can picture like this one bucket, right? This is your system. If you have An ideal client that goes into this bucket, and your system is the same each time you do it, then you're going to discover different leaks, right? But if you have this like ideal client and you're putting them in different buckets and you're not even sure how to like systematize or have definitive steps in your sales process, you are never going to find those leaks. So you just need to make sure you have something, have something, and then you'll find out kind of what leaks you have. Once you have a bucket and you're consistent in you know, this is what I'm doing, this is the next step, this is the next step. Then you dive into those steps and you'll find your different leaks, you'll find what's not working, or we're doing something wrong here, and you fix them. But I think without having something consistent that you're doing each and every time a lead comes in, I mean that's what it is, it's a system. Yeah,
0: you're totally right, Melissa. No, my no.
2: emotions are making sense to you. I <laughs> love it.
1: So it sounds a little bit like, I mean, one of the biggest issues or biggest leaks is, you know, not knowing your ideal client, but then the other piece is like not having like a single system to process these leads through, right? So it's not necessarily that, in our analogy, it fails to become a leak because like it's basically, you know, you don't have the right funnel to begin with kind of, right? Um, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. it's yeah. its
1: own problem because we're talking about, oh, holes in the funnel, but that's, that assumes you have like the funnel, but if you right. don't even have the funnel, you have tiny buckets to catch different drips from, right. Then right. It, it like doesn't.
2: Yeah. It, and once you, once you have that funnel in the leaks, you can kind of look at them, but it's also tracking it too. Right. So some yeah. people speak to don't really have a CRM to track it. Um, and that's that's really important too. So figuring out, you know, your system, your steps, and then tracking it. And if you, you know, don't know who to reach out to for CRMs, you know, like we know this guy who kind of like knows this guy that might work for our company, so.
3: It might be named Never, Jordan, yes. <laughs> yes.
0: I think we know that guy too. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, it's important to be able to track too, because if you can't track your, yeah. your kind of steps, you're not Well, and all- something
0: that we've seen happen a lot is people try to implement it, like the owner will try to implement a CRM and then they'll try to get, they they won't have a BDM, they'll try to get the property managers to use it or they'll have a BDM, but there's not really a lot of oversight or analysis into it. It's just kind of, and I'm not sure how many times I've seen this, but I have heard people kind of vent about it before saying I really don't even know where to start because I'm not a salesperson. And then I see, in lead simple that my bdm is sending emails and putting them in stages but what does that mean to me it's like how do you oversee that if you're not a salesperson
3: right how do you yeah right how do you oversee that if you're you're it's just sort of happening and it's happening under your purview but you kind of don't know what success looks like or you you hope your your hope is not a strategy right like you're like hoping the the leads will convert yeah. and you kind of don't know why so it it, it goes it's interesting because so many property managers, what they have excellent systems for the operation sides of things, for the maintenance. I mean, the business vitality of the business uh, depends and thrives on operations. You know, for accounting, for maintenance, for um, leasing, and then when it comes to the sales side, um, it's we often overlook the value of operationalizing the sales. Because there is so much, there is, it's, you might have a BDM or someone who's working part-time, you know, taking sales calls, who's sort of winging it. And the CRM is, is, is one part of it. The, it's, it starts with, you know, what is your bucket? <laughs> what is that bucket? And how do we create a bulletproof, airtight, watertight bucket um, that involves a CRM, a very clear, uh, unique selling proposition, and a very effective phone call consultation and follow up. And that's that's when you have the predictability rather than just winging it.
2: Totally. I think too, when you think of an owner who doesn't quite understand their process or they have a BDM who's doing it and they're kind of putting it in their hands, like Barrett said, this is kind of when you might want to reflect and actually put something into place because what we try to do is we help you scale your business, right? So we create something that the owner is aware of and it's something that's teachable and repeatable so that the owner can almost get out of this. They are aware of how this needs to happen. Um, But we always think too, like that BDM or that salesperson, We hope that nothing happens, but you never know if they're going to leave or, you know, maybe you even have to hire an additional BDM because you are growing and that one BDM cannot take all of those leads. They're not paying attention to all of them. So you need to hire an additional. So as the owner, just like you can operationalize everything else, it's great to operationalize the sales and really be a part of that because we like to work with the owners because it's their vision, right? It's it's what they want for their company. So it's something that is scalable.
0: I think it goes back to what you were saying about just write it down, like identify the perfect client, map out your sales process, but also just having that, like the handbook that you guys are talking about. I think that's so important. makes it so much easier to follow too. And
1: I think something that I've observed too, you know, working with a lot of property management company owners is, you know, they hire a BDM and that let's say like they get lead simple as their CRM and they feel like, okay, my BDM should be able to, figure it out, right? Because like that's what I pay them to do. And it has some truth to that in terms of, yes, your BDM's job is to figure out how to close as many leads that come in as possible. But as you guys mentioned, the property management company owners are the ones with the vision, right? And so if they're the ones with the vision, they need to be involved in planning what the process should be and make sure it's in line with the vision. Because yeah, you have a BDM, but if If the owner, the broker owner, is not involved in identifying the ideal client, what if the BDM comes up comes up with a completely different ideal client, right? Like just gauging, and then you get all these owners that quit after a year, and then you're. You know, your operation staff like hate the BDM for bringing in all these problematic leads (laughs) and then you have an issue with morale and then it just falls apart, right? And then you fire your BDM because like, oh, the BDM wasn't good. And then you hire another one and it's like a a vicious cycle. But, right? right? So if, you know, I think if you set up the groundwork and you you are involved in the planning stages, then you know that if the BDM doesn't work out, it's a BDM. It's not the process versus like mixing it. Um,
3: 100%. Yeah, you're describing like the apocalypse of like property management, <laughs> like sales and management, like it's a vicious cycle. You described it beautifully. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what do you do? And it's just spiraling. And, and, and I actually don't agree with property managers who think it's the salesperson's job, the BDM job, to figure out the CRM. I mean, because a, a great salesperson wants to come in and say, tell me the system, let me know what success looks like, let me know what to, and I, they'll, bring their, they'll bring their skills, they'll bring their experience, but, you, but the CRM is a very concrete, basic infrastructure tool um, that they can use to, to, tell, to communicate the, what's going on with the leads. But their job is to execute the process. Like, execute the process in a really great way. And the process, like you said, Marie, reflects the owner's vision for the company.
2: What's so interesting is when you actually do have something like that, too, you will attract like high quality salespeople. Like salespeople want to jump into a job where like they know what they're doing, right? Like if that is something that they jump into that job and you know, this is what I need to go through. This is how I'm training. um, It's a lot more attractive to hire too when you have something like that in place as opposed to, okay, I have no idea what we're doing. Um, Here you go. Here's our CRM. So uh, something that came up too and we're kind of talking about the sales process and like the BDM's role within it.
0: Yeah, because you want to go – you want to start selling. You want to make money. It's like, let's do this. You're not there to build a To process. operationalize yeah.
3: things. To operationalize. Yeah. Different side of the brain. And and that and that even allows you to hire someone who has maybe never been in the property management industry but is a top salesperson. When you set up a solid system, it, it allows you to attract top salespeople even if they're not from the property management industry. I mean, ideally they are, but even if they're not, you have like a – whole window of a a larger window of talent, because then you can tell them, hey, this is our system. This is what we established and know works. Come in and work your magic on this proven system. (laughs) And that's what that's how you open up the window to attract more types of talent.
0: For sure. Um, I have a question going back to conversion rates for a second. This question's kind of like been dwindling in my mind for a little while when we talked about it a couple minutes ago or maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes ago now. Um, So when we're talking about the sales funnel and a leaky sales funnel and we're looking at how many deals you're converting, what if you're just starting to build that funnel? Is it normal for the conversion rate to be a little bit lower because the sales process is longer? Like how... How does that kind of play, just play into account when you're, when you're talking about the conversion rates, if it's like a new person or if you're just getting leads in there?
1: Yeah. And also like, I think this is a big question we always get when we're, when we're helping property management company owners set up their lead simple. um, A lot of times we're talking about like, oh, conversion rate, whatever. And I know that on lead simple, right. You can, look at the conversion rates of different salespeople. But then people ask us like, well, what is, a, what is a good conversion rate for like for my area? And we always say, well, it also depends on like the person that, you know, how good you're targeting your ideal client. And it's always this nuanced answer. But you guys have worked with a lot of, you know, property management companies specifically in terms of sales. So from your experience, you can give ranges like what is... A number that should like get the alarms going. What are numbers that are like, okay, we're kind of, we should be worried, but we're not like panic mode. Um, And then what is like, oh, actually you're doing pretty okay. Like nothing's perfect, but this is like, okay, just give us some context.
0: Well,
3: sorry, we asked
0: you a bunch of questions. just then. No,
3: no, no, we all, we have so both of us have so much to say. One one thing to keep in mind is that um, is that all leads are are not created equal. So if I get a referral from a realtor that says I have an investor who wants to rent their property out, I referred her to you as a property management company. That lead is much more warm than a lead that goes, say, from a company like All Property Management. They and they it goes to one website and five different people are calling them, and there's not very specific language on that capture site about. Who they serve, right? So, if you have a high conversion rate with a a a, a colder lead, you're doing you're so you're doing something right. If you have a, a high conversion rate with a colder lead, because if you have a warmer lead, like my friend wants you to manage your property, um, you're you're a lot more likely to close that one, right? So, in, that just said overall, all leads are are not created equal in that sense, um, and. And Melissa, would you do you have more to add to that? Oh no, I, I
2: completely agree with that because people ask us all the time too. They want to make sure like they're that number that should be like really good and it makes them feel good. But every situation is different. And you can look at you know different markets too. And there's a lot that goes into play when you talk about conversion rates. If you're looking for like numbers. Um, I mean, someone starting off, like I'm just starting my property management company is obviously going to have a lower conversion rate because there's a lot they're doing and they're not specifically focusing on sales. We see conversion rates go up when you have someone who is solely dedicated on sales. So kind of when you think of that owner versus having a dedicated salesperson, um, we see conversion rates go up when someone is solely focused on that. Um, if you're kind of looking at industry average, that would be like, okay, we're, we're doing good. Um, 30% is, is, is a good number. But again, it's tough to give that number because there's so much that goes into play. And even if you are at 30%, does that make you happy? Do you want to grow? Where, where can you still tighten up these leaks? Because there's a lot that you can do to, to now increase conversion
3: Exactly. Yeah. And if you, a a great way for people starting out is if you can convert colder leads, right? At like, at a, at a, at a percentage rate that you feel comfortable with, if you're converting colder leads at even 15, 20%, great, then maybe you're ready to, or maybe you're closing those colder leads at 40%, then you're ready to do some more high volume Marketing. If you if if you get a high if you get a high quantity of leads, they're not all going to be fabulous, right? If you did, you started investing in like in in radio or in you know or in, or in four and a half that like drives you a whole big giant pile of leads. Then you you actually know that you've tested your proven engine, your sales conversion system on something really difficult before you actually invest more in very specific targeted marketing, if that yeah. if that makes sense.
0: Totally makes sense. I think that's really important. We, we honestly sometimes, and it's been such a blessing recently because so many people are coming to us that are ready to grow that have implemented their processes, but I feel like it wasn't the same a few years ago when Marie and I started doing this. We had a lot of people that would call us saying, I'm ready to grow, but I don't even have, I, I don't have employees. employees. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any employees. Um, so we would have to refer people out to set that stuff up a lot. But and
3: that's very common. And, and often it is, I talked to someone today and uh, to someone in, in Florida who was, is just been running the business on her own for three years and doing, doing pretty well. Like often it is the, you've got a transactional sales side of the business and you're working on the property management side. And that is why we say not to spend, not to put energy and resources into a tra- lead attraction until you feel confident that you can reliably convert them with a sales system
0: totally um let's go back to like the leaky the leakiness for a couple minutes i feel like everything that we're talking about is that so we talked about um obviously we talked about perfect client being a leak in the funnel um the follow through the sales process um i
1: also wrote down like not 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 setting up the right kind of funnel
2: yeah
0: as a problem because there's nothing you don't have a vessel to catch perfect (laughs) yeah not having what's what's another big one that you see or a little one that you see that people overlook a lot of the time
2: i mean just to think of a couple um
0: (laughs) i know you're like there are so many
2: you can even think of just like the response time that comes in that's a huge one i mean do you have the dedicated staff or what's your, like I keep using the word process and system, but what's your process for when a lead comes in? Because that's a, that's a leak within the funnel. Um, you know, how are you closing each of these steps, right? So you have this great call with this lead and you're figuring out about them, you're learning about them, you're learning about their property and it's a great conversation. What are you doing at the end? to be able to confidently move them to your next step, whether that is a video consult, whether that's an onsite, are you making things like crystal clear for them?
0: Talking about next steps.
2: Like, yes, this is easy, this is so easy, this is yeah. so easy. Um, as opposed to sometimes people, you know, can jumble some things or I forgot to ask you this and then maybe a second email or a second phone call, like, is it smooth, right? And then say you go on the onsite consult, like what materials are you using? Um, is Are you, again, making it easy to go through this? And how are you closing to get them to an agreement? So these are just things I'm thinking, but it all comes back down to these systems. Like, there's so many leaky things that can happen, and it's just making sure that you're doing it in the best way possible. And also, you're asking the right questions. Like, knowing what questions to ask them at each step is a huge thing. And then also knowing how to answer their questions. So. You know, I can answer this one question in so many ways, but am I answering it in the best way possible to, you know, get the job done and move on? So I think like, you know, these are all different things that can happen, but it's, it's that process and making sure that each thing is done correctly.
0: Yeah. And it's all little things things that add up. Yeah. And and I think
1: to your point, to something that I've observed over the years, so Brittany and I listened to sales calls. Of our clients. We creep we on must. We, we have to. Must. We must. Yeah. We and,
2: have to.
1: <laughs> and a common thing that we keep running into is you know, like a lead asks a question, and either a salesperson or the owner of the company just answers it. But, you know, how much better would it be if you got deeper? Because a lot of times an owner asks a question. But you kind of how know much do you why, charge? yeah. But you know, you know that there are more things that are behind that question. So, how much more impressive would it be if you answer the question that is presented to you, but also the unasked question that you know is in there, um, right? And it's like it's a lost opportunity. It breaks my heart when they just answer it, and I'm just like, no. <laughs> Oh my gosh you're so speaking our language
3: cuz yes cuz leaky leaky steps of the funnel leaky areas are really lost opportunities right so like so we we talk all the time about listening for that one pain the one pain point that the, that the owner is asking you on the phone and then talking, speaking specifically that pain. So like you were saying, Marie, there might be one question they ask. Um, but can you hone your skills well enough to respond to the underlying pain that's coming from that question and just do enough to move them on to the next stage of the process. And some, some salespeople tend to data dump. We like to say like show up and throw up and just tell absolutely everything about your fabulous company, which is, which is natural, but it's it's actually not helpful to move the, the client onto the next stage. And and we look at we look at conversion rates on a micro level. So how many people, how much lost opportunity is there from the time there's a phone call to getting them onto the on-site consultation? And and what's that conversion rate, phone call to consult? And what's the conversion the micro conversion of consult to signed agreement? And and that's where it it really that's where you, you lose opportunity, and that's where something like what you were saying is um, plugging up that hole with just a different type of response, and you know really speaking to the pain. We have so many opportunities to plug up that hole, and if you got one more person to come to an onsite from a phone call, how much more would that affect your bottom line? And a lot, actually. We found out. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, I think that's super powerful because. Um, it's so tempting to think of a conversion rate as one number as like how many people signed the agreement. But, you know, what you're saying is opening up so many things in my head. Like, well, actually, it's it's like,
0: yes, it doesn't fall off at the end. Exactly. I mean, it might in some situations, it might. But just what you're saying, how there are so many different interactions. And at any point during that process, there could be lost opportunity if you don't If you haven't thought through it as well as you could have,
1: and if you're tracking your my, I love it. I know I love that conversion rate. TM. I know, yeah. I gotta show,
0: yeah, yeah. (laughs) I,
3: I gotta show you our door growth tool. We have like a door growth modeling tool that we that we share with with people, and it has it allows you to track from each from each stage of the process, the micro-conversion. Oh, I each- love that. So we can like share that with you. We can share that with your listeners if that's something that's easy to do. Yeah. And it also is mirroring in Lead Simple. Lead Simple's going to be able to uh, track these micro-conversions as well pretty soon. That's so that's really so cool. helpful for our clients. Yeah.
2: And what's really nice too with the tool is you can actually tell as a business owner how much money you're going to make and how much money you have to spend on leads in order to get the amount of like goals you have for your company. So it's it's this really great dynamic tool. Is it
0: kind of like a weighted, I'm trying to think of our CRM because ours, ours has kind of, I just started looking at it because I'm like, I'm not, I'm. Anyways, I don't the sell. I, yeah, I don't sell, so I don't usually look okay. at our sales. Like, you, you didn't look at the CR, like, no, 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 no. She's a curious cat. She's yeah, like, I'm just a curious. Cat. I'm just <laughs> curious. I'm. I'm just always trying to look at our different operations, seeing if I can make any of it better. So I'm like, what are we doing here? Uh, um, <laughs> I'm nosy. Yeah, that's <laughs> a nice curious. Curious <laughs> cat all. is a nice way to call I'm it.
3: Overseeing it all. Yeah.
0: Right, <laughs> but there are what you're saying kind of reminds me of what's in ours, where there is like a weight on each stage, where it's like, if you move somebody into this stage, the likeliness of them closing increases, or this is the weight of their likeliness to close. So I think that I just, I remember seeing that and being like, wow, this is really cool. And you can kind of adjust it based off what you've seen your sales process end up what with, or just the way that you've seen it end. Um, so I think that's really cool that Lead Simple is going to be able to do that soon.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. And it, it's, it's because of the synergy of how much talk there's been around the importance of the sales process. And we have, we have a dynamic spreadsheet that does that, that does that. And some, that helps our clients plan out the sales activities they need to do in order. And it, because it's all dependent on conversion rate. So, and then in lead simple, you have now there's going to be a way to track it. So we, oh,
2: cool.
3: I love what you're talking about with the weight, because Obviously, there's more chance that they're going to
1: close the farther down the funnel they go, and, and there are milestones too right It's like yeah. okay, so you move them from like step a step B, but like once you're at the property with them, that's a big milestone versus just answering phone calls and email so it's I think it's important to figure out like okay, it's very obvious that the 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 lower in the funnel they get, the higher the likelihood, but if you keep talking to them but they never agreed to like an in-person meeting at the property then you're like okay they're evasive of this milestone like why um mm. so I think that's super super important yes you just
3: mentioned another one which is like when they drop off mm-hmm. in between the sales stage how do you actively nurture them huh. and like if they are not that's what that reminded me of how do you why aren't they getting back to me why are they being evasive Should I call four times or should I call 20 times or should I email? And when we see- Should I show up at their house? Yeah. Should I send send them an edible arrangement? Yeah.
2: (laughs) I know where you live. (laughs)
3: No, no. We don't support- Parents
2: like, please don't. Please don't encourage people. We don't support going to their house.
3: (laughs) You did not hear that from us. Stalking is not not the answer. Yeah. (laughs) But that is another leak to plug. (laughs) Like active nurture. Yeah.
0: What about um, we? There are a lot of companies, and I don't see it as much in the property management industry. Um, I see it a lot in like industries that my friends work in, um, or just as I'm doing research. There are stages to salespeople where you have like an introductory salesperson and then you send it to a closer. Do you see that happening with some of your property management clients where there could be a leak because they don't have the right person um, closing the business? Or is it beneficial for property managers to kind kind of have a team of BDMs that do different things that work towards the end goal?
2: Yeah, great question. And there's a lot of different kind of theories you can read on this where maybe they want the most experienced person answering that call right. And then because they've gotten them, then send it to someone that's less experienced. And then you can also see the other model where, you know, it's we're gonna have someone answer the call and get the preliminary, you know, conversation done and then send it to the closer. You know, we've seen both of them. It's really just a preference thing. I definitely think there's leaks when it comes to both of those. And it really just depends on that specific company's processes and how they're doing it. And again, it goes back to those types of conversations and making sure we're asking the right questions. But I do think when it comes to kind of property managers and that handoff there, that the BDM should be fully engaged during the whole entire sales process, right? Like if they are dedicated to doing sales, they know what's happening during that initial conversation. They know what's happening. They know the conversations instead of, you know, here's the story and you, you kind of take on the rest. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, sales, sales is a, is a, like a different animal. It's, it's, it's to acquire a new business. And so the person who's involved should be really good at it and should be able to do it from start to finish.
0: Yeah, perfect. That's like, that's exactly what I was looking for. Just because I've heard more people talking about that strategy recently. Um, and I don't, I don't know of anybody um, other than like a couple people that do it and do it really well. But I think that in that, their situations, they still do have at least one person that's part of the entire process, and they just kind of tap into other resources if they need to. And I could imagine that working really well, but yeah, yeah. like we've how you were saying. With,
2: we've definitely worked with some people who have kind of that initial person who's answering the phone because of response time, too. So mm-hmm. that's a way to almost like fill that response leaky bucket. Like this person is dedicated, and then the next... but. When you do have that, it has to be really clear what the next steps are. You know, I am going it could to create now send you or I, the person is going to be calling you back. You're going to be CC'd on an email. Like it's the definitive steps in making sure that they understand really what's happening. Like can't be, okay, this, the next person's going to call you in two days and I don't even know who's calling you right now. Yeah. So if you have someone really trained on that for response time that's cleaning kind of that leaky bucket and plugging that hole, that could be a good situation.
0: Yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense.
3: Yeah. I think ours is like short enough that it, it's ideal to have one person. But if you have more than one, Melissa said it, it's all about having a system that is crystal clear for that.
0: Yeah. Cause I feel like you could, in an attempt to prevent leaks, you could create more leaks if the mm-hmm. handoff isn't super seamless. Oh, so I think that's really good advice.
3: Yes. Yeah. Cause I'm with you hundred percent. Cause there already is a handoff
1: typically when it comes to operations. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different rabbit hole yeah. The <laughs> between sales and operations, which we will tackle in another podcast. Yeah. Another podcast. <laughs> another day, another time. Um, and so we, we spoke a lot about, um, you know, the differences between conversion rates when you're starting out versus when maybe you have more robust systems and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and so to... To a property management company that doesn't really have a sales department yet, right? Um, what would be the first step that the owner has to do to like build a not so leaky? Oh, is it possible to build a leak proof fun? Uh, leak proof funnel? Because um, it's there, there are a lot of activities to do. It's like okay, do I have a BDM first? So I have like another brain to help me like operationalize it, or do I operationalize it first? Because that would determine who I hire? Or do I need the CRM first? Um, like yeah. what should be the first step?
2: Well, <laughs> there are so many answers to this question, but so someone who's just starting off, it's going to come back to the same word. And I feel like I am seriously like this broken record. It's like, oh, system, system, system. But it is because if, it's the same thing as what Barra said before operationalizing other departments, right? So if you don't have, especially when you're starting off a system and you can't convert that one lead that comes in, that is going to mean a lot more to you just starting off as opposed to someone who can actually deal with some leads going through the leaks, right? Like they're making a profit, but when you're starting off, your conversion rate is really dependent on you and how you grow your business. And so it all comes, comes back down to what do I do? I mean, it's winging it if you're just going to answer the phone and expect them to choose you versus the competition, especially when you're just starting off. So I think it comes down to, again, the systems and making sure you can spend a little bit of time and understand what you're going to do, even if it's not perfect, because you'll learn, but having something that is similar that you're going to be doing each step of the way.
1: Okay. So so basically figure out first like what what should happen when and then it will become clear sort of like okay at this point in time am i you know am i in need of another person who will focus on sales do i need a crm now or do i need to figure out like my verbiage first before i invest in the crm and plug in like the the systems okay i
2: I like that um crm is definitely important though too because there's so much you can keep in your head, right? Yeah. And there's so much, I mean, I love paper too, Marie. I really do. <laughs> but for me, like, I, I, we have a CRM and I'm using it, but I, I'll find myself because I love paper. I love like writing things and checking them off. But to be able to actually track it and then even if you can think kind of high level when you're starting off as a business owner, getting into property management, your whole goal is to eventually scale, right? You, you want to be able to make this something that's teachable and repeatable.
3: Can we talk about how much we love paper? <laughs> <laughs> I love paper as well. Even, and, I, and this reminds me, like I love mirroring things digitally also, which is imperative, but I had a prospect who actually showed me, like he was starting from the beginning and showed me on the wall how he had um, folders where he would move the pros- his prospect's file on the wall Wait, on the wall there
1: were as they moved through the stages, and, Oh, like a wall-mounted like folder
3: organized, <laughs> like a
0: real yes. life. A real yes. inaction. action,
1: really untouchable IRL in real life. <laughs> <laughs> and so if they if they were badly least he would just crumple them up and throw them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's
0: awesome.
3: And it's like therapeutic. To, no, I don't think that was why he had the paper.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you, you never know. know. To be able to crumple it up. I- <laughs> it see for him it gave him a good visual and yeah. that's that's it's like that system starting out is i'm not any system starting out allows you to improve allows you to right. say okay this is the system that i'm following versus doing it differently every time that was yeah. what he did every time so someone could come along and say hey that might be awesome if you put that into a crm how much more could we approve upon that? but if you don't have one thing that you're doing consistently, then you don't know how to plug the hole. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, So I feel like we have a lot, a lot of really good takeaways from this. There are a lot of leaks that can happen, I have learned. Um, I will not be going into sales because of this, but uh, (laughs) I'm glad you guys are really passionate about sales. Uh, But so I feel like big takeaways are... I feel like systematize the process. Is systematize a word? Yeah, it yes. is. Um, efficientize. We use that word all the time. I don't think efficientize is a word, <laughs> but if I think not, I should trademark that. <laughs>
3: um,
0: so systemize. Figure out your perfect client, too. That's really important If so you can follow your system and set up your system the right or way. Or maybe, like, ideal client because nothing in the
1: world is perfect.
0: Yeah. Well, Ideal. That can ideal. be debated. <laughs> But
3: uh, <laughs> depending on how rosy your glasses are. Yes. Yeah,
0: exactly. I have a lot of fingerprints on mine most of the time. So that's probably.
3: Um, I have but- rosy color contacts. Yeah.
0: Do you love it? Um, we like contacts here, too. Marie actually came in with a super cute pair of glasses this morning. And I was so excited because I was like, oh, my gosh. You got a new pair of super cute glasses. I look like Kim's such a cute. nerd. No, she looks really no. cute. And you didn't wear them on the podcast. She didn't
3: wear them. I was them. using a metaphor. I didn't know that you really have cl- rosy colored glasses.
0: <laughs> they weren't rosy, but. They're, they're cute though. They're well, you just want. Rosy colored glasses. Yeah. I have a whole, we can do a whole segment on these different <laughs> colored glasses that can do all sorts of things. We'll send you a link. Um, but so you. Your guys' big t- takeaways would be systemize the sales process, figure out your ideal client, have some sort of CRM if you can, even if you're starting out, find something that you can use, even if it's just kind of a beginner's CRM, because there are a just lot of track. free CRMs too, or really affordable ones. I mean, we obviously love Lead Simple, and there are super vor- affordable tiers That's of fun. that. Um mm-hmm. Light but I think ultimately, if Marie's computer, I, I just think the big that out of all she those things, the big takeaway is central, to prevent a leaky sales funnel or minimize the impact of a leaky sales funnel, set your process in place.
3: Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. And I would say think big because mm-hmm. that process will allow you to don't just worry about getting to like the minimum you need to break even or to be settled in this with this particular amount of staff, like think big. If you have that system, you can yeah. open new locations one day. You can, you know, it, once you have a system, it not only plugs your funnel, but it allows you to, to just develop, create an empire if you want. <laughs> I mean, just think big, I think.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful because a lot of times, right, um, when, when we're talking about like growing your business, a lot of times we're focused on like the number of doors, but – um other, other pieces would be like oh well can you expand to other areas not just like number of doors in my area but like will that yeah. free you up to expand in other areas because you have such um reliable processes that you can literally manage a completely different company from yeah. you know two oh. you know cities away a different state we we have worked with property managers who are like that yeah um and the other piece but, um, yeah. is you know if you are um, spending time like with a planning like what should happen in your process and it brings you a lot of clarity um right in terms of okay do my goals make sense even like right given my this point in time at this stage of my business is it realistic to reach that in a year and then it's kind of like a wake-up call like oh well if I work hard and I really want to reach out in a year, what does that mean to my team, to myself? Mm. Yeah, right?
3: Yep. you're right. That that's exactly what we we put into our door growth modeling tools, like quarter by quarter, granular, month by month. How much do you? How realistic are those goals? Do I have the capacity to to achieve them, and what do I have to do to get there? Yeah, yeah
2: that's awesome. And I awesome. think to sum this up too, it really comes down to the questions that you asked us too, like bad leads, i need more leads. Yes, that's true. But is there something missing of why these are coming like through the leaks, right? Because if you can tighten that up, one you're building something that's going to last your company forever for you to scale, right? And then if you want to turn on more leads, that's great because now they're going to be converting more. So i think that's really what it comes down to too, just making sure you have something that is systematized, mashed with a CRM you're really laser-focused on your ideal client, and you can convert at a higher rate than what you're doing right now.
1: And, you know, it always leads to definitely the purpose of this. Once all of those holes are tightened up, you get more profits.
0: Yep. Bottlenecks to profitability. <laughs> and fortunately, for good. us in the property management world, we have rent scale. So... If I was a property management company, I would call you guys because I wouldn't know where to start. I mean, we we already work with you guys, and we're not even a property management company. Yeah, that's company. true.
3: We do. We <laughs> that's love true. Having, we love being friends with you. We love we love the <laughs> fact that everyone says, "Where do I get the leads?" And we're like, "Actually, we know four and a half can actually we like out with that." Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, and when clients tell us like every lead is a bad lead, oh, hmm.
0: oh yeah, we <laughs> honestly for the people that I work with and Marie works with all of us work with that have worked with you guys they just love you and you help us a lot too so definitely contact Melissa or Barrett if you guys are looking to grow and need help with with rent scale
2: I said that's so weird yeah (laughs) that was my pitch thank you for having us
1: (laughs) this is why we're not in sales
2: yeah (laughs) You guys are like, no, stop,
0: stop. You're scaring them away. Yeah. yeah, Thank you guys for joining us. This was super fun. We are here
3: to add value, like all things property management sales, like all, like everything property management sales, you have like a crazy burning question, ask us. And we're so happy that we have you when people are saying like, I don't know where to get these leads. And we're like, we're able to say that four and a half can do that. And if they, if they do want to do like a door growth tool, we'd be happy to like, Um, do that
0: company just for your listeners. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. We appreciate you. Um, and yeah, to all of our listeners, hopefully you liked this and you found this helpful. If there are any other sales related topics that you want us to talk about, or maybe even pick Barrett and Melissa's brain about again, we would love to do that because this is fun for us and also insightful for us, but yeah. Talk to you soon.